You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 68 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Heward, and as always, I am with the motivating Jeff Gargas. Motivating? Do you feel motivated right now? Well, you just being around me makes me feel motivated. I always <laughs> want to work harder when I either have just gone off the phone with you or after we're recording podcasts. I always feel like amped up, like I was just at a concert. Well, that's awesome. That's good to know. I'm amped up right now. Like, it's pretty late right now, but I'm still like, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to sleep anytime soon. Like... Yeah, I won't lie. Our listeners, it's past my bedtime, and like <laughs> Jeff Gargas thinks he's going to the gym after this. Like, jokes I am on going him. to the gym after. But this. I did want to mention that the motivating word was submitted by none other than Nick Sutton, who is a superintendent oh, over Sutton. in Illinois, and he is a huge Jeff Gargas fan. Let me tell you, I actually literally got a email from Nick while we were recording this episode. You're so lucky. I wish I, I had an email from Nick. I am really lucky. You know, sometimes I get texts from Nick. Like, that's how lucky I am. Are you trying to make our our listeners jealous or me? Everyone should be jealous of me. I'm going to go text somebody. I have so many awesome things for you to be jealous about. I know. You're amazing. (laughs) Speaking of, if you have a word that you'd like to use to describe Jeff Gargas, Y'all need to message me on Twitter or Instagram. I have a list going of all these words, some not so nice, to describe our fancy schmancy Jeff Gargas. And I think that if you have something to share, please make sure you message me so I can get you also on my list. And I'll also get you a nice little shout out here as well. So big shout out to Nick Sutton for that one tonight. Even though I didn't get a text message from Nick Sutton. I'm going to text him right after this episode. <laughs> so Ray, this episode was cool. Uh we we got into some really a lot of podcast talk actually, which makes sense because we were talking like to like the podcast guy, or if the edu podcast, I don't know, I'll call him a king, superhero, whatever, a lot of different names. So uh, Jeff Bradbury, I, I've been connecting him for a little while now via a Voxer group of edu podcasters, and we've had a great a lot of back and forth, a lot of really cool. We 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 find that we challenge each other in a lot of way, which I love, and he he also has shared that he enjoys that they were able to share a lot of content together and stuff. We do a lot of the, we do a lot of business talk, which is, which, you know, I, I love a lot of like the brand inside of stuff and, and the SEO talk and the websites and stuff. But this guy's like the podcasting guy. Um, and he's been podcasting for like nine years now, eight, nine years, eight, nine years. I don't know. A lot of years. Um, and all focused on education. So he's a tech coach by day, super podcaster by night. Is how I'll describe them. Uh, but it got me thinking, you know, Jeff's talked, there's a lot of different times in our conversation where it was really cool how we kind of shifted in, in and sort of carried over the thoughts of, and we talked about this in our, on our team on how many, how often like business mindset crossover to like classroom management and things of that nature. And we, so many times that we were talking with Jeff, there was these moments where we're like yeah that makes a lot of sense when you're talking about creating content for your business or your brand and it also makes a whole lot of sense if you apply it to your classroom or he did some really cool stuff applying it to when he conducted orchestra which is a really cool story and, and some really neat stuff there but it got me thinking 
<clears throat> you know, we talked about how not just listen, how he doesn't just listen to education podcasts. He listens to a wide variety of podcasts, as I do myself, and I know you do as well. So I wanted to ask you, for a lot of our listeners who, uh, you know, I, this is probably not the only podcast that they listen to. They probably listen to a lot of different ones. Maybe they listen to a lot, all, a lot of educational podcasts. Maybe they don't. But in case they're looking for other things to listen to, like, do you have a few that you go to that are that? Well, I, mean, I guess they could be educational, but do you have any that aren't educational as well? Or do you listen to mainly education? Where are you at on that? You know, it's interesting, Jeff. I think that I started my approach with podcasts thinking it only had to be education. Um, I, I, I think I approach reading in the same way. When I read, I only usually read professional development texts. But, you know, Nikki Piercy, who's an incredible reading teacher that I am able to work with every single day, is really trying to stretch my thinking on reading. For people that know me, they know that I don't read. I, it's a skill that I not only struggle with, but I'm, I'm working on kind of growing that mentality in my life. And I, you know, she reads professional development books, but she also finds incredible joy in right before bed, taking an hour and reading a, you know, a different type of book that could be a story or, you know, a biography. And, and I, I admire that about her. I think that podcasts are kind of the same way. You know, we, we might read professional development books. We might listen to a professional development teacher podcast. Um, but in the same sense, I think we need to kind of have our well-rounded uh, mentality of listening to a podcast that isn't necessarily education focused, because like you were saying, earlier, there's there's things we can pull out, there's elements we can pull out of any type of profession in the world that can make us better educators. And that was super apparent in this episode. So I will joke with you, I'm literally opening my iPhone right now, and I'm going to pull up the order of what I've been listening to. The first one is <laughs> Eric in the Morning with Melissa and Whip. Jeff, no kidding. This is one of my favorite podcasts I always listen to in the morning. It's just a Chicago radio uh, show. They are hysterical. Definitely nothing education related. That's if you want a good laugh. Um, some of the other ones I'm listening to, like, gosh, the Adam and Ryan show, Ask Adam and Ryan. Those are uh, Adam Welcome and Ryan Sheehy, who has also been on Teach Better Talk. I love their, it's a half an hour. They just go through questions, any questions that any educators may have submitted them. Um, it adds for a really casual um, element of their podcast, but I really like it. And then I do other podcasts, like I've talked about this on the show before, of personal growth. I'm a huge Rachel Hollis fan, and Jeff, I won't lie, the next one on this list is How to Be Awesome at Your Job, which you were just featured, and you had a great episode I was totally listening to, and that is on my list. Yeah, but Pete uh, Makaitis, I, I know I never say his name right, but Pete is just a, such a really good guy. I appreciate the kind words on that. That's a really great podcast that... It was really cool to go on because I've I've been I've been listening to it for a long time. He's had some amazing guests on there, some some guests that are like that I would fan fanboy out about and stuff. But yeah, really great podcast for anyone, whether you're in education, corporate world, indirect sales, sales. I mean, management doesn't matter. Like it's just a really cool, wide wide variety of people who uh, share just how to be awesome at your job, regardless of what your job is. It's really cool. Yeah, and, so and having that well-rounded approach, I think whether mm -hmm. it be a podcast or a book or the music we listen to, I mean, that well-rounded approach really makes us better educators. So listening to you being featured on that podcast uh, got me hooked and I'm listening to other episodes and, and that's that's really meaningful. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, I listen to a lot of, I always have, I've listened to a lot of, you know, 
self-development podcasts and business podcasts and stuff, but I've actually been listening to a lot more educational podcasts uh, recently as well. Um, uh, The Ask the Tech Coach, which is one of Jeff's, is one that I listen to, which is a really great one. Uh, Teachers on Fire, Tim Cavey. Oh, that was next on my list. I, I I literally stopped. I'm so glad you brought Tim Cavey up. And then uh, the Aspire uh, Leadership, which is Joshua Stamper, also a great one there. Uh, there's a bunch I'm forgetting as well. But, yeah, there's some awesome podcasts out there. That's This is really just what I wanted to do is just kind of like share some some of the ones that we listen to. So Wait, um, and Jeff, you know, uh, before we were recording, we were talking about how amazing Sarah Johnson is. So next yes. on my list under Teachers on Fire was the Odd Podcast. So yes. definitely an Odd Podcast. Definitely, definitely a big, big shout out to to Sarah on her podcast, a great one, which you were featured on, which is a fantastic episode, by the way. You did well, awesome. Sarah's really. outstanding, so I was honored to talk with her. Well, I'm honored that anyone who's still listening to this episode is still listening. This is a great episode. Like I said, Jeff really takes us on a cool ride. We, 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 we went around a, a variety of topics here. I really like how he connects so many different things over to his world of podcasting and his world of being in education and his experiences there. And I love that. I didn't know before today about his conductor background, which is a really cool, uh, he, he ties a lot to that as well. Um, and you don't see it because we don't do the video, but I was saw he was still on video. He was like conducting with his hand several times. I loved it. It was great. Uh, so anything out of this episode that jumped out at you, Ray, that you want everyone to pay attention to? You know, I think he had really great metaphors as he was talking throughout, you know, his kind of big picture view of education and how it ties to business. So I would encourage you to listen to this episode, try and take all these snippets of information and directly align it back to your kids, your students in your school. There's a lot of good nuggets in here. And with that, let's get into episode number 68 with Jeffrey Bradbury. All right, we are here and we are talking with Jeffrey Bradbury, the man, the myth, the legend, as I'm going to call him. Jeff, man, I just said we were going to call you Jeffrey and me, Jeff, and I'm calling you Jeff already. So I've already ruined the episode. But I'm so pumped to have you on, man, because we've been connected. I don't even know how long. It seems like a lot longer than it probably has been uh, via Voxer and a group of edu podcasters. And we've had a lot of interaction, you and I on a bunch of just a wide array of topics from podcasts and to life to business to all kinds of crazy stuff. So I'm super excited to get you on here and I don't know why it took so long, but here we are, man. Uh, super excited to have you on. Appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us and chat with us. How are you feeling right now? I am doing great. It is so nice to have you, uh, to meet you guys and to be on the show. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Well, Jeffrey, we are going to have some fun because before you even press record, we're already laughing about stuff. But I want to make sure that our listeners get a chance to learn all about you throughout this podcast episode. So we're going to start with how you describe yourself. When someone asks you what you do, what is your typical response? I am the father of five and a half year old, very rambunctious triplets. Um, I am an educator from New Jersey. I, I do a lot of broadcasting and podcasting. I love doing professional development for people. Um, when I'm not doing that, I, I love spending time with my family and uh, playing with the kids. I love it. And, uh, you mentioned podcasting, so we're going to get in there because that's how you and I originally got connected. Uh, you have a lot of podcasts that you do. You've done a lot with it. So can you can you tell us a little bit about – So. I think you have like nine going on, but I know there's a few that you that, that come out more often than others. Can you tell us about sort of maybe one or two of the podcasts that you have going on, all these kind of 
podcast balls you have up in the air right now? Yeah, we've been doing podcasting here on TeacherCast for the last almost eight years. July 11th, 2011, uh, we started TeacherCast, and it's been an amazing ride. Uh, over a couple, you know, a thousand shows, 500 ed tech companies, thousands of educators coming on. It has been absolutely amazing. Um, anything that you're looking to learn, we probably have it. You know, um, I, the the longest running show is called the Teacher Cast Podcast. I've got about every topic on there. Um, on Monday mornings, we drop the uh, Ask the Tech Coach show, which is one of my favorite things I've ever started on this channel. Nick Amaral and I, uh, every week we get together and we talk tech coach stuff. And it's not, you know, Chrome extension tech talk. Like today, we put out a whole entire show on how to do lunch and learns. And those are important topics for tech coaches that nobody talks about. So I love those kinds of shows. Um, for a couple of years there, I did the Microsoft podcast. We're re redoing the New Jersey Educators Association podcast. Um, I also have a show called um, Educational Podcasting Today, where I help out educators learn how to use audio and video in their classrooms. And when I'm not doing that, I love doing a show called EdTech in the Classroom, which is where I bring on tech companies and we talk about what they do and why they're awesome for students. So uh, that's just a few of them. But I, I absolutely love the medium. Um, I've been, like I said, I've been podcasting for nine years, eight years with TeacherCast now. And, you know, for a guy who doesn't love to write, I love to sit in front of my microphone and just talk. Yeah. And um, you, you mentioned the Ask the Tech Coach and that that's I think that's my favorite of your shows as well. Um, just super, like you said, it's not just Chrome extensions. You guys are diving into practical things that can be put in place by teachers and by tech coaches to yeah. help those teachers and support those teachers. Um, loving it. So I want to take advantage of the fact that we've got you on here because I know you do a lot of work with teachers on this specific or with people in general on the specific topic of I love podcasts. Mm -hmm. I feel I have something I want to share. I have value to put out. I have something, a story to tell but I don't know how to start podcasting. Jeff, yeah. how do I start podcasting? You know, you, you subscribe to my show, Educational Podcasting Today. Um, you, you know, when I started this thing eight years ago, I didn't have a mentor, right? Like all of my mentors were non-educators and you know they were doing you know even now like you think of like school of podcasting and you think of the uh, what used to be the podcast answer man they're doing how to make a podcast on such a different level you know they're talking about microphones and mixers and 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 all of this stuff that the average second grade teacher doesn't need to know about so when we're looking at how to make a podcast, we're taking a look at it from the classroom teacher point of view. And we're defining the term podcast in, in many ways, but mostly we, we define the term podcast as, hey, I just want to pull out my Chromebook. I want to pull out my phone. I want to make a nice video and I want to learn how to have my kids be wonderful at doing these pre you know, presentations and stuff. Um, we take this from a very basic level. And every time I have somebody on the show, I always ask them the question, can you podcast for free? And luckily nowadays that answer is yes, even easier than it was five years ago when mm -hmm. I started that show. I mean, there's so many different things that a teacher can do with audio and video and you don't need equipment. You don't need anything. Really all you need is a device and there's so many free tools out there. It's absolutely fantastic time to be a podcaster or a teacher. 
Hey, everyone, we're going to get right back to the episode. However, I do want to mention that our Teach Better conference is underway and you can start registering, but I might have a little discount code for you. So as you head over to teachbetterconference.com and sign up for the amazing event that we are having November 8th and 9th, make sure you use podcast talk as your $50 discount code. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, then I do want to get in this. So this is some, one of the questions that we, we ask everyone who comes on the show. And I've actually been waiting for you to be on the show because I've been interested to hear this. Um, you know, something I talk about a lot, Jeff, is is failure and the things that I've learned from all the mm. blistering failures I've had in my life. And I always joke, you know, I didn't I didn't enjoy the failures when they happened, but I love looking back on them and, and learning lessons, even still today from something that happened 10 years ago when I can look back and reflect again and again. So... Can you share a story of a time that you've had a failure, man? Take us take us there with you. What happened? Why was it a failure for you? How did you overcome that? And what did you take away from that? Wow. Um, good question. I, I, I've had a lot, right? Like, I think that, that's important. Like, we've all had a lot. People ask me a lot, you know, what's the one thing I need to remember? Or what, what, what do I need to have in mind when I start my podcast? And I always tell people, take the first... 50 episodes and know they're not going to be as good as the second 50 episodes. Mm. And and I say that because you know we're all learning. If you take 50 episodes and you do it once a week, you know that's like a year, right? You, you know you're it's going to take you a year to learn. Um when I first started doing the Teacher Cast podcast, it took me 50 or 60 episodes before I actually started to say my name on my show. And I actually started doing that only because at an ISTE, somebody came up to me and said, I-, I heard your voice. I saw the logo on your shirt, but I didn't know who you were. Hmm. And you realize, okay, is that a failure? Is that just a conscious thing? What is that? Um, but you start to realize that, you know, there's certain things that we do that we could be doing better. There's certain things that we do that we don't realize that we're doing to ourselves that we could be doing better. Um, I, I find a lot of times my failures come in. I, I don't know how to put it. I, I, I'm, I'm a very quick thinker. And sometimes I feel that that is to my downfall because I'm always thinking not just one, not two, but sometimes 13 or 14 steps ahead of myself. And I don't ever take a chance to actually like be in the moment. And so I'm always caught. I, you know, I try to be as focused as possible when, you know, when you're doing something, do it to the fullest, be in that moment. And, you know, no greater story than that of like, you know, your kids are only five years old once. So every single time you're reading that book to them, be there. Don't be on your email. Don't be reading a book, you know, be with that kid or kids in my case. Um, you know, don't fail at that. That one hits. I love that. That uh, Finishing that with that. I, I'm just thinking about reading with my kids and stuff yeah being there that's such an important thing and in today's world it's even harder to do because we're all so attached to the devices in our lives so right really really crucial advice there uh so i want to i want to keep going with with one that we asked everyone i want i want you to flip that because i'm interested to hear this as well because uh you know a lot of people that get to know you go man there's probably a lot of these you know a lot of successes that jeff's had and things and cool things he's got to do but man we're like what do you think of that if i asked you to tell us about a successful moment in your life, and it's gonna be something big or small. If you could just pick one out, share what happened, why it was success a success for you, and then what'd you take away from that experience? 
you know, I, I sometimes get picked on for this quote, but I, I love the Henry Ford quote, if you think you can or can't, you're probably right. And, you know, in the last five years, um, the kids have come out as triplets. They came out at 25 weeks premature. We had babies in two different NICUs. I had a kid living in the hospital for three years who had a trach. Um, my wife just figured out and kicked the crap out of breast cancer and is and is doing wonderful and is in remission right now. And teacher cast is doing amazing. And, 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 and. So I don't want to look at it as one success or multiple successes. I just look at it as if you think you can do something, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it because you never know what tomorrow brings and you can always learn from yesterday. I think that might be one of my favorite quotes that we've had quoted on our podcast. I, I forget that one, but, but it's an amazing one. I love that you brought that up. I couldn't agree more. That was, that was great. So Jeff, do you think that so far you're doing all right on this podcast? Like, you know, if you're taking that Henry Ford idea, I think we're doing all right. I'm, I'm still nervous. Still nervous? You got all the <laughs> way through question three. You're killing it, bro. Dude, um, a, a, after that answer, Jeff, man, you need to not be nervous anymore, man. You're good. You're going. No, I, anytime you turn the microphone on, you, you always get that rush. It's just like when I was conducting, right? No matter how prepared you are, no matter how much you can sing Beethoven back and forth, as soon as you put your hand up to that orchestra, you got to know you know, did you prepare everything to the fullest? And sometimes you could be every single bit as prepared. And then you realize as soon as the downbeat happens, your fly is down. <laughs> can we, all right. And I want to people are looking at you can, for the next we, hour. <laughs> did that actually happen? Uh, not to me, but oh, okay. um, my, my, my uh, side conversation, my, my high school, uh, sorry, my college conductor, we used to call it the conduct and tuck. Because it kept. Well, I'm not going to go in there. What did you story. What did you play, sir? I, I was center stage, first chair viola, so I had a wow. good view of. Yeah, uh, I bet yeah. you did. Well, Ray, I want to jump. Can we? I want to flip this on because we've done. We did this when we had the uh, our our friend Jeff uh, uh, when we had Tim KB on. We asked him, but I, I mentioned to get your as well because you do this so often from this side of the mic. How weird is it for you to be on the other side of the mic? And I know you do quite a few. You've been on a, quite a few different podcast stuff. But like, is it still weird for you to be on that side of the mic? I don't like talking about myself. And, and, and that's just one of those things. Like I, one of the things I love about being a podcaster and, and what I see as my role. And I'm going to back up. This is the conductor talking, right? As a conductor, um, you're on the podium and you're waving your arms and everybody claps when you come out and all these wonderful things happen and your name is on the, you know, on the marquee and your pictures on the ticket stub and all that great stuff. But you're the only one on stage that doesn't make a sound. Transform that over to being a podcast host. I, I personally have the Larry King approach, which is nobody comes to listen to me. They come to listen to the guest. And... Other people can argue the other way around, too, and I get the other argument. But my whole thing is they're not here for me. They're here for the guests. So shut up and get out of the way. Let me ask the question and let the guests talk. Let the guest be the star. And so when I now have to talk about myself or share things like breast cancer and the kids and all those other wonderful parts of my life, um, that's the nervous part. I don't get a chance to do this. Um, and it's it's a hard thing to even consider talking about. Um 
as a conductor, we say it's not about you. It's about the music. And it's not really about the music. It's about the guy who composed it, who hasn't been here for 300 years. So there's a, there's a lot of conducting in, in podcasting that I kind of bring with me. Um, so yeah, it, it's always weird to, to be asked questions like that. Mm. Hey, Ray. Yeah. Hey, just, just shut up and let the guests talk. Okay. Oh man. So uh, so I need to, I need to figure out we need to figure out Ray am I the conductor or are you the conductor or are you like the stagehand that pulls the Who's Batman and who's Robin? Yeah. So you're trying to make a joke and everybody listening already knows I that know. I do all the work it's on this show. A, it's not even a question. I don't even know why I brought it up. Absolutely. You know, Jeffrey, I want to go back to your uh a quote you said a few minutes ago about the conductor, their names being on the ticket stubs. But then they're the only one on stage that doesn't make a sound. Could you imagine if we really envisioned our classrooms that way, that teachers became the facilitators and the learning and the magic happened, and yet the students are the ones that everybody is coming to see. The learning is is the part that that our classrooms are are striving to create. Isn't that right? Well, I have a different opinion and a different look on that. One of my favorite presentations to do is, and I, I never have a correct answer for this, but it, it's, you know, how do you give a presentation or how do you teach like a WWE superstar? And I have this whole spiel that I go along with. And basically, I don't know if you guys are wrestling fans or anybody out here is listening to wrestling fans, but I love a guy named Paul Heyman. And he mm. is the best talker in wrestling for the last like <laughs> 10 years. But he's not the manager for Brock Lesnar. He's the advocate for the reigning defending United States champion, all those different things. What if you weren't the teacher in your classroom, right? What if you weren't the sage on the stage? What if you weren't the lead learner, if you will? What if your whole entire job and the way that we looked at you was simply as being the advocate for your curriculum? Your entire job is to go in and say, guys, algebra is awesome. This is what we're going to do today. Or guys, I got to tell you about this president who chopped down a cherry tree look at what this guy did. What if you had to be the advocate for the curriculum rather than the person who just delivered content? Wouldn't you change your outlook on life? Wouldn't you change some of the lessons that you do? I am an advocate for educational technology. I'm an advocate for innovation in the classroom. I'm not here to talk about a Chrome extension. Nobody wants to hear about a Chrome extension. I'm an advocate for how to present a lesson in the most innovative way to your students. And don't you want to know what that is? As opposed to, Jeff, here's 13 Chrome extensions for Google Slides or something like that. Like, nobody wants to hear that. And so I think if we take, take our positions and we take a look at this and say, you know, what, what if our entire position was advocating for whatever the lesson was or whatever the topic is, I, I think some of us might, you know, pep up a little bit. Is that just me? I don't know. No, I think the more pepping, the better. Let's be honest here, Jeffrey. And when it comes to pepping, that leads us really well into the question I wanted to ask you was about what's getting you excited about education. I think that your story of being an advocate for content is actually something that that is probably getting you excited that that hope that teachers are changing their role from content delivery, you know, mechanisms to now facilitators of really strong mastery learning, but if you couldn't pick that answer, if you had to pick something else, what is getting you excited about education and all that you're doing? 
I love the fact that there's so many things that are available for teachers and it's so easy to pick them up and the, and the technology is so right there at your fingertips. You know, I've been a technology coach for the last four years and I've got these, I, I, I'm picturing them right now. I've got four or five teachers that four years ago, they didn't want me. They didn't know, you know why are you here? I'm never, I, I don't need you, all those different things. And now I've got these four teachers that are just butter in my hands. And they come up to me every single day and look what I'm doing and thank you for showing me this. And, and, and all of these things are just ideas of, you sprinkle a few seeds here or there and next thing the teacher realizes is that, oh, if I can do X, Y, and Z, suddenly I have more time for my kids, my wife, my friends, my family, you know, my life, my all these different things. And it's because technology is enhancing what they're able to do in the classroom. I mean, I've seen teachers out there that reams of paper every single week, and now they're all paperless and doing docs and slides and one notes and all these other things. It is absolutely amazing what is available. And if a teacher says, nope, I don't want to go in that direction, great. Let's make a left turn and go in a different direction. There's just so much great stuff out there. And, you know, if not free, very close to it. And I, I just love seeing what students can do with just a little bit of pushing. Absolutely. So how do we support those teachers? What type of advice do you give? whether it be a new teacher in the field or a teacher that's you know been in the field for 20 plus years, if they want to move in that progression and they really want to reach their students more deeply, what advice do they need? Well, you asked two questions there. First, you said, how do you do things? And then you mentioned this, when they want to move or if they want. Those are two totally different things, right? Because as an instructional technology specialist, your job is to take somebody and at least get them to level two or three. Um, sometimes they want to. Sometimes they don't want to. So how do we do all that stuff? My only answer is you have to listen. You have to sit there and try to have the conversations. And sometimes them not saying anything is also listening, right? So I talk a lot now on TeacherCast about finding your avatar and then filling their needs. Sometimes the needs of that teacher is don't do anything. Sometimes the needs of that teacher is do it for me. And then sometimes the needs of that teacher is sit down, show me how maybe do it with me and then let me do it on my own. Okay, now I'm going to come back again and we're going to start the process. So the best advice I have for any instructional coach or anybody that's looking to work with other adults is you, you got to listen, right? You got to listen to your audience as a podcaster. You got to listen to your readers as a blogger and you got to listen to your teachers as a professional development provider. Um, only then will you know what your next move is. And again, it's so much like conducting. You have to listen to the orchestra before you realize what other motions that you do with your hands or your face or your feet or anything like that. So you, you got to just keep asking questions and then adjust accordingly. I love that answer. I think the listening part is so important in so many aspects of life. Like, and you, you touched on like whether you're blogging, whether you're doing professional development, whether you're coaching the same in the classroom as a teacher listen to your students what do they need what how can i support them and going and further and in, in, into that i love the the listening piece so much you mentioned the avatar mm. and so that just made me this is sort of like i'm, I'm sidestepping way sort of off into another world here i guess but Let's do it uh, because i've read the piece that you did so i know that it's there but um 
So some people may not understand what you're talking about when you say that. So let's let's break it down, yeah. Jeff. If when you say avatar, you're you're speaking from someone who creates a lot of content for people. So uh, if I don't know what that is, man, what's what's an avatar? Explain that it, to it, me. Yeah, I, I I've been getting this one the last couple of weeks. Your, your avatar is your user, right? Who's who's your end user, right? Is your your avatar is your reader? It's your listener. It's your kid. It's your wife. It's your student. It's your whoever you're in front of, whoever you're trying to help, whoever you're trying to do something for. Right. And and so, you know, when, when I walk in, if I go into Mr. Smith's class, Mr. Smith is my avatar. What does Mr. Smith need? What does he want? How does he want it? Where does he want it? Does he want me to give him a blog post? Does he want me to send him a video? Does he want me to sit down next to him? Does he want me to do it for him first? Does he want me to? What are the needs of my content consumer? And and again, doesn't matter if you're a podcaster. And you know, the first thing I do if you sign up for my newsletter is I send you a survey that says, "Tell me about yourself. What do you want? Who are you? What's your job description? What do you do? What can I? How can I help you?" And then that, of course, helps me learn how to create additional content for you. And, and in what content? It makes no difference what you're doing. I'm here to serve you. <clears throat> I'm here to conduct the music. Same concepts here, right? So, you know, if you realize that you're at, that you're that your most of your readers are looking for video content, maybe spending time on Instagram isn't for you. Maybe you should be learning how to do YouTube. And it's all that just figuring out what does your user want? I mean, they came to you because they had questions and they're looking for you to answer them. So, how do they want you to answer them? Do they want lists? Do they want a 6,000 word just blog post? Do they want a video? Do they want a combination? Do they want you to come out to their school? All of these different things. So uh, long story short, your avatar basically is your, and I sometimes refer to it as your minifig. Like who's, who's the Lego minifig that you're talking to? Who's your who's your who's your pop? Ray, you know, I say it a lot of the, the connections that I see all the time between business and being in the classroom, the, the management of your business, the management of your classroom. And Jeff just laid it right out like a big piece of that. Um, and, you know, a lot of the conversations that Jeff has are around sort of that the, the business mind of building, you know, we're creating content, we got podcasts, we're trying to create things to help people out and stuff. You flip that same thing and in, in, into your classroom of maybe your students want videos. Maybe they need you to sit next to you, next to them for a little bit. Maybe they need you to, to, to deliver the content in a different way. Maybe they need to consume it in a different way. Uh, such a, a crucial piece. So fo focus on your avatar in your classroom is your individual students. You have a lot of them in there and they're all different. And that's uh, uh, makes it your job very difficult as a teacher, but important for what Jeffrey said before, listening. Well, take your classroom, right? If you walked into your classroom in September and you got observed the second day of school and your principal goes, why aren't you meeting the needs of all your kids? You're going to answer, I don't know my kids, but if they come in in the middle of December, your teacher go and your principal says, oh, I see you're individually giving them what they need. Well, yeah, you've had a month to get to know them and get to answer the questions and then another month to experiment with like, you got to get to know your audience. Love it. Love it. All right. We're going to do the next six, Jeff, next six questions, sort of uh, quick fire here. Your goal is to try to answer each one 15 seconds or less. You ready to roll? Sure. All right. And this one, this first one might actually be tough for you. The toughest one is as an innovative tech guy, but we're going to try it here. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? As a father of three, it's the iPad. No, no, no. Um, I, I always. <laughs> Sorry. And a, and a nice Go long ahead. car ride. 
Um, seriously, you know, if you were to look at teacher cast and say what what couldn't you know what what's the one thing that if I pulled this out, teacher cast would not exist, right? Um, and I always give two answers: WordPress being the platform that I use to create everything. If it wasn't for WordPress, there would be no teacher cast. And then, of course, Final Cut Pro. I do all of my editing, audio, video, everything that I do. I'm on Final Cut Pro at least three or four times a day, if not more. Uh, what, uh, give us a book that you read right now. Um, I, I'm not a big reader. Um, I just bought uh, the, the latest Michael Hyatt book. I haven't dug into that one yet, but I always say that my, my the, the book that I'm reading right now is Feedly. I've got about you know a couple hundred RSS feeds that every day I just kind of circle through. And I don't read every feed, of course, but I, I use those as learning experiences. Uh, you and I have had multiple conversations about search engine and blog posts and how to write and how to podcast. I get all of my answers for that from Feedly. You know, how is how is everybody creating titles, writing their blog posts, looking at show notes, all those different things. I study RSS feeds. Kind of sounds nerdish, but that's what I do. No, that's a great recommendation. I love it because I do the same. Uh, who do we need to follow on Twitter today? Uh, I will always give the answer of Dr. Sam Patterson. He's my right-hand guy. He He's the father of the Edu Puppets. Um, you can follow all of his all of his little puppets there, you know, Waka Patui and the Edu Felon. Uh, but if you will... If you uh, subscribe to Sam over at Sam Patui, that's S-A-M-P-A-T-U-E, uh, tell him I said hello. He's a great guy to follow. And he also has a fantastic podcast called Beyond the Hour of Code. Awesome. What's the best uh, YouTube channel or website for educators? I, I will tell you, I don't fangirl often. I don't I don't fawn over people. I, I don't do that. But last year at ISTE, I had a chance to meet Jamie Keats for the first time. And if you guys don't know Jamie Keats, uh, Teachers Tech, Teachers.Tech is an amazing channel, amazing research. The guy's got 160,000 YouTube subscribers. I mean, the, the guy is just kicking butt with content. I, I, he, he's, I don't even know if he's listening, but he's the one person I will always fanboy because he's just doing some awesome stuff week after week after week. And I totally respect everything that that guy's doing. Awesome. Give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Listen to podcasts. Um, you know, it, it's on-demand content. There's 700,000 of them. Don't always focus on educational ones. I, in fact, I very rarely listen to educational podcasts. Um, I, I listen to Marvel stuff. I listen to Star Wars stuff. I listen to comedy things. I mean, I, I, I do everything else. It's just my way of getting my mind out of the classroom, out of the triplet world, out of the podcaster persona um listen to a good podcast here or there and, and you know subscribe to one of my nine shows <laughs> what's the uh best piece of advice you ever received uh it, it's it's so many things but i always say be thankful that there's only three babies because <laughs> be, uh, be, you know the, the, and there's so many so many insides of those things again i told you, you know one of my kids didn't come home for the first three years um, but you know, every time, every night I give him a big kiss and I always go, thank you for the three kids, but I always go, thank you that there's only three kids. I feel you. I have two and I'm thankful that there's only two, man. Uh, <laughs> don't know how you do it with three and it can't even get crazy when you get in the fours and fives. Uh, <laughs> that, that's great. I, I appreciate it. Hey, let me ask, let me ask one last one here. Um, what if you had to say, and, and this might be tough for you to do, but if you had to pick one, number one favorite podcast right now, what is it? Can I Ooh, give you two? Oh, I don't know. Uh, no, you got to give me one. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you what has changed and why 
things for me have have gone up right um i am i love wrestling podcasts right because it, it brings your childhood back to you right like and so one of my favorite shows is called something to wrestle with bruce pritchard these guys for the last couple of years have done an amazing job at basically redesigning what a podcast should be they've broken every single rule from you know don't put your advertisers and, and your plugs up front they don't really start their show till seven or eight minutes into the show um but every single show, they start off with, you know, hey, Jeff, how you doing? What kind of feedback did we get from the last episode? Then they spend sometimes two to five hours on their podcast. So I'll listen to one show and it lasts me the entire week. And then in the middle of all, at the end of all that, then they tell you exactly, okay, next Monday on May the whatever, this is the topic. The Monday after on May the whatever, that's the topic. And I've basically taken something to wrestle with the entire format and the shtick and all these different things. And I, I, I told Nick, this is going to be the format and the formula for Ask the Tech Coach. So at the beginning of every show, it's, hey, Nick, how you doing? What kind of feedback did you get from our last episode? Oh, I talked to Jeff and Jeff really liked this thing about lunch and learns. Great commercial. Here's something that we're selling you. We go into the show. It's a half an hour, not five hours. And then at the end, we say, okay, next week we're doing this topic. Next week we're doing that topic. And the week. So I've basically taken the something to wrestle formula and I've put that into an educational show that lasts about a half an hour. And what we've noticed has been amazing in terms of numbers and feedback from the audience and, and all of these wonderful things just kind of pop out. So I, I'm a big fan of something to wrestle because I just love the format. Very cool. Ray, what kind of feedback do you think we're going to get from this episode? Oh, my goodness. Hopefully good stuff. Hopefully? That's a bad strategy. Well, I think there's been a lot of good stuff in here, so I can only imagine that people <laughs> are going to give us positive feedback. The correct answer is amazing. Amazing, outstanding. <laughs> I, I, the only negative feedback is that there seem to be a lot of Jeffs in this episode. <laughs> yeah, but two of the best. Well, there ever was. That's true. Well, Jeffrey, I want to make sure I'm able to ask you one of the most important questions of the night, and that just has to do with ensuring that our listeners get connected to all the amazing things that you continue to push out to your listeners. So would you mind sharing how our listeners can get connected? Certainly. You can, of course, find us over on teachercast.net. Leave us a voicemail over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. Email us at feedback at teachercast.net. And, of course, you can check out everything over on askthetechcoach.com. If you're looking to make a great website for yourself, you can go to educationalwebdesign.com. If you're looking to do something in the world of professional marketing, we, of course, have buildyouredubrand.com. And as I say at the end of all of our shows, please, guys, keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. It's it's like you've said that before, Jeff. A couple times this week already. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. And you guys, you know, you can find all the links, everything we've talked about with Jeff over at uh, teachbetter.com as well as the important links for connecting with Jeff so you can continue to have the conversation with him, listen to all the different podcasts that he's got going on. And I'm telling you, there is some awesome, awesome, awesome quality content over there. Jeff is a content creation machine, always listening. He doesn't just... 
preach he practices what he preaches when he's listening to his audience and creating the content and it's some phenomenal stuff over there i'm not making it up it is absolutely true so make sure you head over there and check that out and connect with him be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any other upcoming episodes and if you can give us a rating review we'd really appreciate that as well and let's take it one step further think of three of your colleagues who need to hear amazing stories and the value that's coming from this podcast and share it with them we want to keep spreading this awesomeness and go from there. So, Jeff, man, really appreciate you coming on. I was not disappointed. I was super pumped up to have you on, and I'm super pumped now that we are had you on. I'm really excited for everyone to hear this. Uh, some serious, awesome stuff coming out, man. I look forward to continuing to just get to know you and our and our vox and back and forth about whatever comes to mind. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I really appreciate that you had some time and your super busy schedule uh, to jump on here and chat with us, man. Appreciate you. This has been great. And uh, the only thing that's left to be said is when are you guys coming on my show? We'll figure all that stuff out in time, but, but thank you so much for your time and anybody out there who's listening, you know, thank you guys for being a supporter of educational podcasts. There's so many out there and so many coming on all the time. Share the love and the learning that, that is educational podcasting with your friends. It is a great thing. And with that, let's get out there and let's teach better. 